Everybody. Welcome to the Relative Truth Podcast. My name is Trey McWilliams. And I'm Mike McWilliams. Hey, don't let the name fool you. We do believe there is an absolute truth. We're just two brothers trying to edutain you. In fact, we are the number one edutainment podcast in Laos, Japan, and Germany, and the United States, according to our own research. So um, <laughs> we are glad you're listening. And... Um, we need Tonight's to. We need a special to dis- podcast. Well, we need a disclaimer that we haven't researched it real deep. <laughs> that is basically just we're taking our own analytics and mm-hmm. making our own assumptions, and yeah, and then kind of going from there. But we know that edutainment is not a genre that yeah, most of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. But we do know we have a listener. In Laos, and we have a listener in Germany. Germany. That's great. And I have we have two or three actually in Japan. So yeah, right. thank you, Don, Lisa, um, and family, and family. Yeah. Oh, so by the way, we we need a shout out to our sponsor, Hargrove Crop Insurance. Thank you guys for your continued support, That's and right. let us know if we're hurting business. <laughs> They're gonna do some. They're gonna do some analytics on their own and come back and say, "Yeah." And ever since the Relative Truth podcast started, our business has plummeted. Yeah, yeah. I I just think okay. we, could, we can always blame it on COVID, though. Say, oh, it's all right. COVID. It's COVID. It's yeah. not us. It's not us. So anyway, um, well, tonight is a special podcast because for a couple of reasons, we have a cool guest, or we think he's cool, um, but also it's our tenth version or 10th episode i guess is the right word 10th edition yeah yeah 10th yeah. Ed- so congratulations yeah to, to you too. i didn't know if we'd make it past one <laughs> <laughs> well our you know our six listeners are really excited about that about hey this. now so we're in triple digits well, that's um cumulatively that yeah yeah <laughs> we each have three kids and if they listen to it 30 times we're at 90. That's right. So, yeah. So, we need 10 people to help out. That's right. So, yeah. So, what's been happening in your neck of the wood just to kind of Are you Well, we've got some uh some family in town from Washington that's enjoying the Texas weather. They timed it good. Um they like HEB. They just got back from HEB. They're all right behind me eating without me. But this is, um, you know, podcast priority over relatives from Washington. Um, but other than that, you know, there's a new grandbaby. Pretty yeah. chill, plays around. Well, are Doesn't they? gets hungry. So now the uh, your visitors from Washington are they um, enjoying the unmasking of Texas? Because I'm yeah. assuming Washington is fairly masked up. I would assume. Is that- yeah. Yep. Do they get they, yep, do they do they believe it's kind of the wild west out here? I mean that we're kind uh, of you know haven't they're they've been very happy and they're they're from central Washington, so they 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 their culture more aligns. I don't know if culture's the right word. Their attitudes align more with what we do. Like I mean, <clears throat> they're farmers. Um, they grow apple trees instead of cotton, but um, you know it's the same kind of mindset is a little more yeah they're it's funny there's just a sliver of washington like kind of on the west side the coast that's where all the more liberal folks reside and then as soon as you get over the mountains on the west side you know it's farmland and wheat farming and orchards and wineries and um it's much like if you go back and you look at the um, like the presidential election and you see which counties are red and blue, you know, there's three or four counties around Seattle, three or four counties around Olympia that are blue. That's where all the people live. And then every other place is red. So 
I mean, and I I didn't look at it this year, but that's the way it's always been. Yeah. Oregon's the same way, you know, Salem and Portland, um, or it used to be, I don't know if it was this time, but <clears throat> anyway, so they're not, um, they think more in the, along the lines we do, we're more conservative and they're happy about no mask. And, um, even though we're supposed to still be wearing them, I think till next Wednesday. Yeah. I, I'm celebrating a tad early. I started so back. In, I started last March. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. <laughs> uh, and you're a healthcare professional. You're not, they're not going to let you in the club anymore. Yeah. I, I lost the, they changed handshakes on me. So I'm, I'm now I'm outside the loop. I don't even, they won't, they've revoked my card. So yeah, I'm a little outside the box, but that'll leave me plenty of time to read my Dr. Seuss that has been banned, which is, or canceled. Yeah, I've heard. The cancel culture. I didn't, you know, um, I think our first podcast, um, Hayden kind of, you know, he indoctrinated us into even what cancel culture was. I didn't really know that was even a thing. And that was what, six months ago, seven months ago. Didn't even know that. Well, we were, we actually talked to him and he was just warning us about be careful what you say because counts can't cancel culture. That's hard to say. Yeah. So I, I heard that there was an issue with Dr. Seuss. Was, was it, I didn't know. I mean, are there some Loraxes around that are upset? Like, I'm not like, what, where's, what's the big, like he wrote about cartoon characters, right? So yeah, th- is his cartoon characters racist somehow? I, I don't know. That's, that's what I don't really understand. I, I think if it was, or was he racist? Was he, uh, yeah. I don't think, I mean, he's not old enough to be a slaveholder or anything. I mean, I, I don't, don't think, I don't, I'm not sure when he wrote all his material, but I would think that it would. He's like in the fifties or something. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't really understand it. I I guess I don't really understand it on multiple levels. And so therefore I don't understand it just from a knee jerk response. So anyway, but that's kind of a downer because I don't want to bring us down to the point of trying to, on our 10th anniversary, this is a happy time. And Dylan is, I think you guys are going to love listening to Dylan and what he brings to uh, the music scene. Um, I will say this. I did reach out to uh, a venue today and gave them his information. So I'm hoping that that will come to fruition. So, Oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, what Mike's talking about is that for this episode, we interviewed Dylan Gamble. Dylan is a friend of mine, but um, I met Dylan. His dad um, was Monty Gamble, good friend of mine, went to high school with, and Monty passed away last year. And since I moved back to Texas, I had been on some fishing trips and fantasy football drafts. And Dylan um, always entertains us with some music guitar playing and covering some Texas country songs and singing some of his own. So Mike and I, um, I guess, would you, I don't know if you call us aspiring, um, but we try to play the guitar and we find that interesting and Dylan's good at it. And so we wanted to ask him about, Hey, what's it like to earn money singing and, writing songs and how did you learn how to play? So it's a pretty good interview and he sings a song for us. Now, I guess I shouldn't say that I haven't listened to the recording yet. And since we don't, we don't have a lot of capital invested. I don't know how that's going to sound, but um, um, we recorded him last night and we're just kind of introducing it tonight. So um, why don't you guys just sit back? We'll just, let's just jump into that. Is that okay with you? Sounds great. The interview. Yeah, okay. for sure. So once you guys just sit back, listen. Um, again, his name's Dylan Gamble. You can check him out on Facebook, Instagram. Um, and um, Mike and I, are we told him that we're going to be some of his pseudo agents. We're going to try to find him more work singing. So sit yeah, back and might, enjoy. 
and I guess we can put that in the podcast information notes, notes or yeah. whatever. So yeah. So if you have a need for some Texas country in your life, then look in the notes and hunt Dylan down. So anyway, yeah. without further ado, here's our interview with Dylan Gamble. Hello, relatives. Hey, for our 10th episode, 10th special episode, we've got a great guest. Um, Dylan Gamble, I've known, I don't know how many years, four or five years. He's the son of a good friend of mine that actually passed away this past year. But Dylan is a singer-songwriter. And the first time I got to meet Dylan, we were at a fish camp, and um, he just got up beside the, the fire uh, the campfire there and started playing and I was just blown away. He was introducing me to new bands as far as songs he was covering and he's just got a great voice and plays the guitar and um, what's amazing that I've got a friend um, some of you that know me know my friend Britt. Britt actually was singing along and if you know Britt he is not a singer and um, he was belting out El Cerrito Place which was um Unfortunately, was a little drowning out Dylan a little bit, but that's the that's the kind of impact Dylan has. So, Dylan, we sure appreciate you being on the Relative Truth podcast. How's it going tonight? It's going good, Trey. <laughs> good to be so, here. We're glad you're here. For Dylan's sure. in Bastrop, um, central hub of Texas country music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thirty minutes southeast of Austin. That's right. I saw that you actually. <clears throat> I was doing some Google searching on you today, and I saw that you played in like a music festival called East of Weird or yeah, with C Corey Morrow. Just East of Weird. No, that was – I've opened up for him twice just through the Oviedo brothers that I know. Um, but, yeah, they always look to me. I've, I've, I think that was the Black Tree events, though. That was a fun, fun gig. If it was around July, I think it was right around July 4th. Yeah. That was yeah, game. that was, I didn't know you were opening for like, you know, big time Texas people. I <laughs> try not to name drop too much, I guess, but no, that's, that is one of my favorite shows. I got to meet him afterwards and he's a good guy. That's awesome. So now, so, so now the COVID, how, how has that impacted you this year? I mean, like, have y'all gotten, to, I know probably the Texas, my general consensus would be that most Texas country artists would be, um, maybe giving the middle finger to many of the <laughs> wear mask people and saying, Hey, we're going to have our, you know, we're going to go ahead and do this. But I didn't know if it was, you know, you know, defying policies or mandates or whatever. I mean, I'm assuming it's affected how much you've been able to play, but, uh, but how, how, I mean, to, to what degree would that be? I guess. As far as, um, as far as I went, so I, I, I just started when I moved back to Bastrop about it's been a little over a year ago. I started playing a lot more often. I was in West Texas for two years. So me, as far as like my routine and, and how I was playing, it's I'm still catching up to, to the other guys. But I have several friends and, and acquaintances that I know that, you know, they do it for a living. And I mean, it's frustrating for them. I mean, it, it's been tough for sure. I mean, to go from playing, you know, I mean, that's I had buddies down in Corpus Christi there playing Monday through Saturday. I mean, as much as they could to go in to no income at all. So, yeah, I me, mean, it hadn't had a huge impact because I, I really, I wouldn't say I took a break necessarily in West Texas, but I wasn't playing that much. I was more uh, working a lot. I was working uh, for NOV. But. So, Dylan, I know some of these questions you're going to say, hey, I've already answered this for you, Trey, around a campfire. But um, <clears throat> what, like, what's your What's your goal? Like, um, do you want to do this for a living? Are you, is it more of a hobby? I mean, you're talent wise, you're, you could be a professional. Don't, don't hear my question <laughs> wrong, but like, just <clears throat> where, where, where's your mind at with that? I see. And it's such a loaded question because I mean, there's, I, obviously it's my passion. I mean, it's something I've, I've been doing for about 15 years now, you know, as far as playing guitar, I haven't been, I didn't start playing shows until I was, I think about 17 or 16 years old, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's a load of, it's a, it's a tough road to, to travel. So that's one thing that's always kind of scared me. And I went to college and, uh, you know, I was one of the smart ones that gained that 
student debt to my name. So I, I've kind of got that pulled at my shirt at all times. And unless you're yeah. doing doing really big shows, the money it's hard to come by sometimes. Especially with with COVID, I would have been down the river without a paddle for sure. So I would love to do it professionally, but it also is it's an intimidating kind of fight for sure. I see guys like I don't know how much y'all listen to Adam Hood. Just a lot of people that I know or that I've listened to since I was younger that that are absolute John Fulbright comes to mind as well. That are just astounding musicians that kind of really didn't make it anywhere. You know, it's I mean, I mean they're still getting some recognition here and there, but just very a lot of the music that I don't agree with and don't like floats to the top. I think y'all could agree with that. So it's yeah, it's uh, a very low so, question for me. I if I could yeah, I, I would I would like to do it professionally eventually. Would it would it entail you having to move to like Nashville or Austin even or a bigger city? I mean, I, I'm assuming gig opportunities are relatively limited in Bastrop compared to other places. Very much so. Now Austin is, in my opinion, the place to be for live music. I mean, there's so many people, but Nashville is kind of. Uh, I don't agree with Nashville music for the most part. I don't know about y'all either. It's not really the stuff I've been listening to. There's a couple people, of course, that are coming out of Nashville that are pretty, I mean, extremely talented. But I think moving to Austin would be the move for me. You're not too far away. No. So then, so then, what's kind of like generally? You play these gigs. Somebody hears you. You get a record deal. Um, or maybe you produce your own record. Is that kind of generally the path to making a profit at it? You're, it's, you know, I guess it's kind of a mixed bag because it depends on, I guess, the band and, and the person. A lot of the, the younger people that I know <clears throat> that are really starting to come up, they, they like to record and release, you know, sometimes one song at a time or just an EP with where they have three or four songs on it. And through social media and, you know, branding themselves and putting themselves out there, their name, that's how they're getting their name out there. And it's not so much through recording full albums because I don't know. I think just for an EP, I was talking to a buddy of mine that I played with, J.J. Soto. He said it's, you know, I think around four grand to record about three or four songs. Mm. And so for people that are really trying to get into it, that don't have a lot of money. It's, it's difficult to record an album that you don't know if it's going to gain any traction. Nobody really knows, you know, could be hit or miss. It's, that's the tough part of that. Well, and if you've got, I mean, you're right. That that's such a big shift with social media. I mean, with relatively inexpensive equipment, you can just plug into your computer and <laughs> use garage band and mix I mean, you can kind of produce your own song in a lot of ways. And if people are following you, you can get a lot more followers than having to go to iTunes or something to find your music or Spotify, whatever. So, yeah, no, absolutely. That's in one of the, uh, I mean, name drop here, I guess. It was a funny story. When I was in West Texas, I met a girl, which I had met her. She was my Uber driver. And uh, she picked us up from a bar. I can't remember what bar we were at. Just me and a buddy. She started talking, um, said that she was she played music, and you know my buddy joking around. So, well, you're in the car with one of the best <laughs> Texas country musicians in Texas, actually. And, you know, anyway, I got her info. Her name's Cat Hasty. If um, if y'all ever look her, it's K A T H A S T Y. Anyway, she, you know, at the time when she was basically, I mean, I don't think she had a big following at all. No, I don't know if anybody's listened to her. She recorded a, a little EP in her bedroom. I, she had told me the microphone and stuff she used to set up, but I mean, on, on Spotify alone, she has over a million followers or a million listens on, on a couple of the songs. And I mean, she's absolutely blown up now playing with guys. Have y'all heard of Zach Bryan? Yeah. Yeah. She's, she just recorded a little YouTube video. So she's, yeah. Kicking ass, taking names just from the, well, from her bedroom. So well, and that, that's, and it's kind of one of those deals too. It seems as though the, and I guess I'm going to classify it as Texas country. And it seems as though that kind of the, the mindset of the Texas country artist is more the, you know, 
I don't need all the, I don't need, I mean, like it's just me and a guitar and maybe some other music, you know, but it's pretty stripped down kind of genre in a sense. And so it, it kind of makes more sense to some degree that maybe the, the albums don't come as readily for a Texas country art. I mean, I, I don't know this, but does that make sense? Like they're less apt because they're more like I'm, I enjoy being in touch with my fans <laughs> being yeah. at live shows. I mean, like it's, that's kind of the, the genre precludes the, um, you know, from the kind Nashville of making, thing. Yeah. The Nashville thing. That's, and it's, it's a frustrating battle for a lot of people. I mean, there's guys like, but y'all listen to Tyler Childers, I'm sure by now, which he's not by any means, Texas country. I mean, we take them if they have them in the draft, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, you know, he's one that is, is absolutely against like the, the, the Nashville typical kind of stuff. I mean, he's, he's a songwriter I, that I'd compare to John Prime, definitely modern day. Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, it's, right. it's, it's, it's a tough fight. Do you, do you find that the, a lot of the people though, that, that may, and that are not, cause to me, there's a definite difference between singers that cover stuff. And then there's a difference and, and that's, I think, a different even genre, in a sense, to the singer-songwriter. And to me, the the singer-songwriter, to me, is the true talent of the whole thing. Because, you know, there's an aspect of, I mean, you could sell your song, in a sense. I mean, you know. Um, yeah. And, and that be, and, um, but is there, this is kind of a dumb question, but is there kind of a, the singer songwriters like yourself, are y'all kind of like, um, I don't really want to affiliate with just a singer. Cause you know, I'm, I'm actually doing all of this. I, you know, <laughs> it's yeah, like, well, there's I'm, definitely a big difference. And I mean, I'm that's just, one thing well, that, that I came up, I mean, as far as, you know, I, I started out playing nothing but cover songs and I still do play the majority of cover songs, writing songs for me. I have, I don't know how many songs I've written, but it took forever to, to get myself to, to even play them in front of people because it's just, you know, in that spotlight. But, um, oh, there's definitely a, a difference between, huge difference between people that can sing and then people that can also sing and write. So it's. Well, okay. So I saw you at a bar in Bastrop and I'll never forget the, I think the song was uh, Lost and Found. Yeah. Um, and you had huge fan club there and everybody was singing along, you know, and they knew. So do you, do you feel the difference when you're up there on stage and you're going to play one of your own songs? No one's singing along because they probably don't know it yet or yeah. your close friends might, but is there a, is there a different um, confidence when you play that first chord of your of a cover song that everybody knows and is going to sing along and dance to oh, absolutely. like I, I just i just sat back and watched all these people having such a good time to that song and then i didn't hear i when i was there you didn't play any of the ones i don't think any of your own but i'm sure not everybody's up dancing singing along on your own songs so it's no, be not different. everybody's yeah. more especially my friends i mean even my close friends have is as bad as it sounds, they haven't heard a lot of the stuff I've written because it's just, I kept it in pocket for so long. It's uh, to put myself, I guess to come, I, I, I'm my own worst enemy for sure. I guess when it comes to that, but yeah, it's, it's a totally different feeling to, to sing a lot. You know, I've been playing lost and found for, it's one of the first songs I learned. And I know all my friends know that. I mean, we were all huge Randy Rogers fans. I mean, that was a movement when we were in high school. And so to, to, to go from singing one song that I, I know everybody's going to know to go and like, Oh, here's uh here's one of mine. It, it, <laughs> it's, it, it can be tough for sure because everybody's mostly trying to listen. And then, and, and I, you know, everybody tells me that, I mean, they really love my songs. They'd like me to get them recorded. And that's one thing I'm still working on. We've been, I was out in Shiner with a guy named Jack Meyer. We're trying to get something going, but it's kind of been a slow process, but. Well, I noticed you were playing, you mentioned his name earlier. Um, is it JJ Soto? Mm-hmm. Every time I've seen you, you've just been by yourself. So that was something new. You're playing with – is he a bass player? He, no, he's he's a – he was actually – go name dropping again, but he's he lives in Smithfield, and by chance, I mean, he 
had a band, JJ Soto Band and Bass Drop, that I opened up for years ago. Um, but he's the ex lead guitar player for Corey Morrow and Casey Donahue Band. Oh my God! Uh, wow. Extremely talented guitar player, and um, he he saw me a few months back just playing in Bass or in Smithville actually at a, at a bar called Honey's over there for. I had some friends reach out and want me to play, and uh, that's how we linked up. So that they're playing tonight. He he asked me to play tonight. Oh. Um, no, no, no. I'm sorry. It's actually tomorrow night. Okay, good. Okay, yeah, good. Saying, yeah. Dude. No, no, no. <laughs> wrong, wrong decision. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd had some other plans uh, that were coming up, so I, I had to decline anyways. But no, we've been uh, trying to play more often. He's uh, that dude's wicked. Now that guy can play the hell out of a guitar, and he can sing too. I mean, he's talented. So, so well, man, tell, me tell you what, uh, go ahead, Mike. Okay. Well, this is kind of a, maybe all of my questions are just kind of dumb and somewhat eclectic, but so like, um, when you, when, so you, you, let's say you play at some bar and then afterwards, all the musicians are back there in the back, let's say in, in the green room or whatever, <laughs> um, are there times, I mean, is that a collaborative, I mean, like, it's like, to me, it's, it would seem there would be times where when all those guys are together, that would be the funnest time to play with even, you know, like if you open for somebody that is it, or is that not, am I even thinking that's at the, you know what I mean? Like everybody's got their guitar. So come on, let's all play together and let's, or whatever. <laughs> is, does that happen? Or is that, I don't know, maybe it's my pipe dream of mine of, you know, to I, with a different or a certain level of musicians that get together. Cause I know, I mean, I've seen plenty of videos of people playing that. Um, I'm going to draw a blank on this. It's the big, uh, one of the bigger shows they have in Colorado. I can't steamboat. And uh, oh. I mean, they all get together. Evan Felker. I mean, all the, all the big names that Evan Felker's lead singer, at turnpike troubadours, but they all get together and sing play me. I'm more still on the, on the low end. So when I open up for guys like Corey Morrow and, and uh, I've opened up for the Bellamy brothers. I, I kind of get to meet them, shake their hand, and that's that's pretty much as far as I get. You get know, it, yeah. <laughs> it's a pleasure, <laughs> pleasure to open up for you, and then that's about it. But like I've, you know, I've, for sure, I've been on my own for a long time. That's one thing is I've been an acoustic act for forever. So it's always been even. I mean, I don't like. I have a couple of buddies that that I met through college, uh, the Garza brothers, down in South Texas that. We played music and we we've been trying to get something going too, uh, but you know I've always most shows it's it's usually just you me, huh? pa- me packing up the guitar case alone at night and uh, yeah okay getting on back so yeah okay. right so I want to change directions a little bit so are you completely self taught were you just you know your dad and Brit tell me stories about you just up in your room playing the guitar for hours yeah is that how you learned. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly how I learned, and that's probably why I'm just always. I wouldn't say totally self conscious about my guitar playing, but I, I was I was completely self taught. I my uncle Rick, which you know Rick pretty well, I'm sure he uh, was the one that gave me. It was an Epiphone Gibson when I was 14. He gave me a handful of books, and um, I think one was a complete works of Hank Williams Sr. You know, and then just kind of country songs like that. And it was all gibberish, of course. But yeah, I sat down and I watched. He had a video. I mean, this is back. I still had a TV with a VCR in it, and would watch this video. They taught you how to play "House of the Rising Sun," and yeah, and and I just I would sit down for however long and then try to teach myself. And there's definitely it's it's a frustrating. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. I, I would recommend <laughs> you know to, to get somebody to help you because it is you know YouTube, of course, came along, and so there, there's those kind of outlets to 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 get something rolling but it is you hit a lot of plateaus teaching yourself to where i mean there was there was a a lot of times for for months at a time where i wouldn't pick it up you know because it would just get that frustrating we couldn't get past that wall but definitely dig your heels in and and do it so as far as like yeah as far as like when you're writing a song do you put the melody or do you put the do you, does that make sense? Like, do you have a melody in your head and then you put words yeah. for that, or is it the reverse? Does that make sense? I've done it. I've done it both ways. I mean, that's, I say both ways. There's plenty of ways to skin that cat, but I've 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 sat down in bed at night and or just have been driving, which obviously I don't condone 
writing notes while you're driving, but I've been <laughs> driving and then something has popped in my head and then I'll, I'll write it down, you know, and I'll just put some thoughts, something that I think, I mean, just what it just kind of comes. And, uh, other times I've, I've sat down with some chords and then just put lyrics to that. And it works both ways. I think writing the stuff down, that's when it is hard to find a tune. I mean, you have to refine or rewrite a lot of stuff as far as, you know, if um, you just write everything down, obviously timing's going to be off and like, this word, you got to cut a couple of syllables out of this sentence and then kind of, but sometimes better writing has came out of it for me too. So I, I, I like both sides of it. Well, and you've got the internet now, so it's easier to find words that rhyme. I'm yeah. guessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, okay. So tell us what was your first gig that My you got first? paid for? Yeah. Do you remember? Oh, well, I've got a funny story. Um, Time, no, it's pretty funny. Um, one of my first gigs, I never got paid for, but it was a benefit here in Bastrop for the fires. But the first time, so I didn't really start really diving in to playing shows until I was in Corpus. I, you know, I was going to school down there and uh, a place called the Pelican Lounge on the island. And uh, and big shout out to it. It's, it's kind of strange. John Eric was a, a local legend around there. He passed away recently of a heart attack, like Hell, I don't even know if it was three weeks ago, but guy's a he's a killer vocalist. I mean, a guy he looks like a bouncer at a bar and just sings like a country. I mean, he, he was good, and he he let me sit in on Wednesdays, but it eventually led to me getting a spot on a Sunday. So I would play first time the, the owner Irfan Kardas. He's a big Turkish guy, real serious, pretty about his business, and he told me he wanted me to play. I think it was a three and a half hour set. And he wasn't going to pay me. He just he just was going to give me a free bar tab, and that was it. And you know, I was looking to make beer money, so I was like, "Well, <laughs> I don't totally agree, but I you know, I, I absolutely I'll take the opportunity." So it was like seven till ten thirty <clears throat> on a Sunday, and uh, bars are not that busy uh, on the island in the fall during, especially on a, on a Sunday. So we'd uh, we'd watch some football. And I was nervous, of course, so we'd, we'd been drinking beer, too, so I got a ride out there with a buddy. And I proceeded to, to take too many shots. I don't remember exactly what it was that they were giving me, but, you know, he, I figured if I was getting a free bar tab, I'd use it. And I was probably the drunkest person in that bar. Oh, no. By far. One of the first gigs I ever played. I was completely embarrassed afterwards, but during it, I just was like, yeah. And, and just reusing – any song I could because it was a three and a half hour set, which is oh my gosh, that's a beast. Yeah, which I mean, you know, you get your breaks in between, but yeah, you're fun. Afterwards, he told me I did a, a okay job, but he was going to pay me a hundred dollars and give me a, a ten dollar bar tab the next. It <laughs> 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 was cheaper to pay you cash. <laughs> yeah, he was saving money. Yeah, he liked it. he liked my playing, but uh, yeah, he was not a fan of the drinking, which I. I <laughs> It was in poor taste, I think, but I took advantage of the of the which that was college too. So <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, one of the things I and I've told you this before. <clears throat> what one of the most impressive things besides your talent is the ability for you to remember all those chords and all of those songs and the lyrics. Like sometimes, you know, when you're sitting on the campfire with us. You might hold on. What's that word? You know, oh, yeah, but no. for the most part, you can you'll sing thirty songs one night and not miss a beat. Like I don't know how you do that. It was something that I've always. I, I remember back in middle school before I even was playing guitar. For some reason, I just had a knack for remembering lyrics. Like I mean, I, I I've just got a very good memory when it comes to. I don't know if it's necessarily picture memory or or what, but I could remember lyrics like nothing, nobody's business to any kind of song. I I, I used to listen to. But still do listen to all genres, but I mean Eminem to to Dad's ACDC back in the day. I, mean, I just knew all the words, and so that was one thing that kind of came natural. Luckily, you know, because there's a lot of people I talk to that are musicians that still they're like they have to have their set list. They gotta, I mean, they gotta pull up lyrics, and I, I will. I definitely have frozen up on stage when I've forgotten stuff, but usually it comes to me. I think there's a song I heard the other day. It's by. <clears throat> Um, kind of a guy that I've listened to. I can't remember um, who it was, which one it was. But anyway, it, it's basically I'm forgetting the song. I'm getting forgetting the lyrics to my own songs. 
or something like yeah. that. It's that he's written a song about forgetting the lyrics to his own. Song. I've, I've, I've definitely forgotten my own lyrics on stage when I first yeah. was, was playing my own stuff. I've done it. It's uh, it can happen for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> fun. Wow. Hey, well, well I've got, a, go I got one question. Um, as far as kind of inspiration, do you kind of within kind of the, it's two part question, Dylan. One is kind of within kind of the Texas country or just country in general, kind of, was there an inspiration or something that kind of, um, other than Rick giving you the guitar and the teaching materials, um, <laughs> um, is there, is there one inspirational factor or person? And then also, and then maybe outside of music, or outside of country music, is there kind of a inspirational person, something, you know, I was definitely trying to impress a girl back in the day. I mean, that's why, that's why I started playing guitar. Absolutely. (laughs) I won't say her name on the podcast, but yeah, she was a a extremely pretty girl that I knew back in high school. And uh, I was just a big, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of music. I don't know if that was instilled, from my dad or what it was. I mean, we definitely used to jam out in his little, he, I don't know if y'all remember that little one cab blue Ford he had, but uh, <laughs> is, is the biggest inspiration. Like I said, I, I was trying to impress that girl, but I just being a fan of music in general, I mean, being a huge, I mean, I, everybody really is obviously, you know, it's, it's kind of universal language, but uh, that's one thing that kept me going for sure on those plateaus. And it wasn't trying to impress her anymore. It was, it was me just yeah. for the love of the music. You know, and uh, that was That's a big awesome. inspiration for sure. I mean, I started out listening to, I think the first, like, Texas country was definitely cross-Canadian ragweed when they were still, you know, putting out, I can't can't even think of the couple of albums. I mean, I know the, thinking of the, the album cover right now is a purple album cover, but, I mean, they had, you know, hit after hit. And then there was Casey Donahue band that my brother introduced me to, and then, of course, Randy Rogers and all those guys, but. Just a big fan of the scene for sure. I, I think that was a what? huge part in it. Just being going, being a fan for sure. All right. Well, um, would you be up for maybe playing us one of your songs? Yeah, I can. Uh, let me, like I said, I, we were just talking about forgetting lyrics to my own song. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't can, really played this for anybody. I can tell you the story. So I was. I mean, hopefully, I don't ramble on too much about it. But I was finishing my degree up in Wyoming. And uh, I studied geology, so we were kind of traversing some mountain scenes out there and whatnot. But the year before, with this university I was doing it through, I guess a kid was, they said he was underage. I think he was 20 years old, got extremely drunk and uh, in the heart of Yellowstone, passed out in the woods. And they lost, they couldn't find him for a while. They thought, you know, who knows what's going on. But they found him finally. And it was this big scene that led to pretty much the university they had to find out about it. And so they told us once we got, you know, the next summer that we couldn't drink, even if we were of age when we were around the camp, I mean, we couldn't drink anything. And so it was my cabin where we kind of linked up with, there was five of us in the cabin. We were all pretty rowdy. So we would drive down. We, we, a couple of us had already brought some alcohol, but we would drive to the liquor store in town to, you know, fill up for playing cards and whatnot at night when they weren't looking. But anyways, we, there was one time our professor was meeting up with somebody and we drove into town to go eat at this place called El Jaro, little Mexican restaurant. I don't know how good we, we never made it to the restaurant because when we walked in the liquor store, we weren't there for a minute until our professor walked in oh, and gosh. he just, yeah. And he, I mean, he looked absolutely pissed off of course, but he didn't, exp- he didn't know we were in there. So he froze, we froze and we kind of just looked at each other and he, he's, he, you know, he's like, well, what, what are y'all doing in here? And me being me, he's like, well, what are you doing in here? And, uh, <laughs> You're I, he, he, of course he got even matter, but I sent us back to the, to the camp with our tails tucked between our legs. And, you know, he gave us a good talking to, we thought we were going to get kicked out, which I was 25 at the time. So it was ridiculous to be that scared about drinking. I was like, I was in high school again, but, um, anyways, I, it all worked out fine. He didn't kick us out. He took it pretty light on us. I wrote this song pretty much about that. So okay. I don't know. My buddy Pete, I'm definitely going to tell him to listen to this podcast because he loves this song. 
doesn't really have a name. He calls it the cold toilet seat song. So I don't know. How's <laughs> that audio sound? Hey, yeah. Morning to a cold toilet seat, plate of two eggs, a giant will hesitate to eat. Do I want water wait this afternoon? Hell, I really don't care. Well, the state of Wyoming never got the memo. Summertime ain't supposed to be this cold. I could really use some liquid fire to complement this frigid air. What do you say, boys? Hit the highway. It's a beautiful day, except for the rain. Ain't much to do except cut a few cars. All we need is a bottle or two. It's a part I can't mess up, so stumble a bit. Well, we made a way past a few half smiles from the locals who ain't seen some city boys in a while. Past the Jackalope Museum where there ain't much to see, except some rhubarb pie and huckleberry ice cream. Store was all empty, yeah, but us four. Minds on good times in some Mel High Road. Man with blue eyes didn't seem too nice walking through the door. Said I'm running the show, yeah, what do you say, boys? Hit the highway. Beautiful day except for the rain. Ain't much to do except cut a few cars. All we need is a bottle or two. Yeah, what do you say, boys? Hit the highway. It's a beautiful day except for the rain. Ain't much to do except cut a few cars. So much for the battle of booze. All right. <clears throat> yeah, that's awesome. Cold toilet seat. Solid. I figured I'd play that one. That's one that was kind of a more of a storytelling, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I wish I could play the guitar like that. All right, so yeah, I, I basically um, I was really liking you, Dylan, until the fact that you know I, I, I thought up close and personal that you wrote a song and play and can play the guitar, and so now I don't like you anymore. <laughs> so no. <laughs> Um, I'm totally joking. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. <laughs> is there a place like is where you're posting your songs and or where you, if you're ever doing a gig or anything, that's all on your Facebook page? Is that the best place to find out about you? So that's uh, that's one thing that I'm also need to work on for sure. Is self promotion is not my best thing, uh, but I definitely. YouTube is one thing that I'm going to be more active on. Facebook is also something that I, I usually, you know, as far as gigs and whatnot, um, been posting about. But yeah, Instagram is also. I my tag is it should be Dylan Gamble for the most part. If you just Google Dylan Gamble, you should find my Instagram, Facebook, and all that. And then eventually we'll have some songs on iTunes. It's just in the recording process and and trying to get that going. But eventually we'll be out there. Well, man, you need you definitely need to leverage Facebook because your dad and all our friends and their friends, you know, us old folks on Facebook, we, that, that gets pretty, we can help you go viral. Yeah. No, that's one thing. Once I mean, I, I'll be using every outlet I can once to get something recorded and put it out there. Well, the awesome, uh, I, I follow a guy that he's been doing, um, he's a singer songwriter, but he does, um, the sequestered song, what, what does he call it? The sequestered songwriters um, kind of uh, gig, I guess is what they're calling it. But anyway, he does it in his backyard and what they do, it's, it's several of them that are together and they'll play like they, the genre, the, there might be a specific artist that they'll cover their music and they play different. So each singer songwriter will play a cover of, you know, let's say it's, 
you know, some George Strait, I don't know. But anyway, and then each mm-hmm. one will play a different, and it's kind of a cool tribute, but then you get to see all these other guys. So it's been kind of a, um, um, because they, you know, because of COVID and not being able to get out as much. Yeah, anyway, it's kind, of, kind of a neat, um, but you could see all these backyards of these right people so anyway that was one i had a live facebook show i did right at the beginning and it was i had a a huge turnout i forgot how many it was like 60 shares or something it was a it was seven thousand views on there it's it's fun yeah it's a good way to i guess to get rid of the covid blues or or try to fight it but yeah it seems we're opening back up apparently mr abbott so yeah kind of excited about that yeah. All right. So, so speaking of opening up, so I had lunch at a place here in Houston um, yesterday called the Rustic, and I think there's there's a couple here in Houston. There's a couple in Dallas, but they've Pat Green is going to be there Friday. It's it's a it's a restaurant, but they got a bar and it's pretty big and it's a pretty nice place. Yeah. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, like <clears throat> when you want to. If there's a and, and then there's little places around where I live that they have live music. So, like if you lived here, do you go to the owner, the manager of that place, and say, "Hey, I can play guitar and sing"? Do you have any openings, or how does that work? It's 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 kind of different. For like in Corpus, that's how I did it. I, I would find the owner, and uh, or just you know talk to the bouncer I and mean, basically ask around and just say, "Yeah, same thing. If y'all need somebody to play, like." That's how I started playing that. I knew the bouncer at a place called University Bar in Corpus. And um, that was one of my my favorite, I mean, if not the most favorite place I played. I played every Friday at University Bar. And uh, it was just through asking the bouncer who to talk to. And I talked to uh, Omar, which unfortunately, Omar, um, he's also passed away recently in cancer. Mm. It's kind of crazy that music family I had down in Corpus, I guess. But they hooked, they treated me well, for sure. I, w- I would go out there and just after talking to him, play every Friday, fireball Friday. It'll <laughs> yeah. make you not like fireball anymore. <laughs> Especially if you have a good night, because usually if I'm playing good music. People were buying me drinks and it was always fireball every time. Oh gosh. Oh, man. <laughs> um, well, yeah, the, the early okay, part so of your, like if you, the early ahead. part of your show might be a tad cleaner. As far as, as far, yeah, you, I almost find my groove a little bit after. I, it, it depends for sure. There's a line that you can't, just like with anything, with like playing pool or, or throwing darts or even yeah. golf. For me, is uh, there's 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 a one too many beer line for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's where you just kind of your, fall off your stool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't done that yet, luckily. So yeah. I, All right. So like, if let's just say hypothetically you you had a friend in houston and he found a place where you could play would you come play yeah absolutely what you're talking about yourself of course i know i hypothetical i would be out there absolutely well i I, I, it's exciting to to go and do those kind of things that's i've been looking into um you know because obviously like one of the things i was talking about was money is a big issue for me not as far as just music, I've been trying to get another career going, um, just in sales, which is what I, which is what I do, but kind of been a little slow. Um, but right now I'm wide open. I've been working with a general contractor and my schedule's pretty, pretty clear. So if you do find somewhere, I'm all for it. Well, there's, uh, I guess with, I mean, I'm, it's kind of exciting time in a sense because of the, if the reopening is as wide as we're hoping, you know, then maybe, a lot of these places will be um, able to have events. Um, and there's, there's kind of a cool event in, you know, it's out here in West Texas, but it's called the coyote out in Borden County out in Gale, which is kind of crazy, but they have, if you'll, if you'll, it's, I mean, it's kind of nuts that in Gale, Texas, where there's, you know, population of, I don't know, you know, a handful of people, they have this event center. Oh, well, not event center, but an event place where i mean like literally the bellamy brothers shenandoah so it was it was um g david g that was telling me about that place yeah anyway it was recently yeah he talked about it yeah and then um and then roscoe had a place um and i can't remember the lumberyard it was called the lumberyard and they've had tons of different people out there um and then we have a 
some friends that they have. There's a place in Haskell that is a new kind of venue that they're using that they're going to try to. Um, and I know the person that's the booking person for that. So anyway, um, it's just kind okay, of okay. So Mike, I, I've, got, I've, so I've been tasked, huh? I'm yeah, going to you're, you're like, um, you're Dylan Gamble West. I'll be Dylan Gamble South. I'm Make it a copy. Butt up. And I'll, just, I'll just stick around here in the meantime, in the <laughs> old central area, get it covered. Yeah. Well, it's uh, uh, all that Trey and I need is a little bit of a competition with each other, and we're going to get you booked in a lot of places. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me know. G was, because, yeah, G was asking me if I wanted to play out there for, it was, yeah. I think it was opening up for, I want to say John Connolly played out there. Yeah, he did. Yeah. All right. So that, I, yeah. He I was supposed to. Right. Something, something happened in the meantime, but it, it was, it was in the works for me to open up John Connolly, which would have been I got obviously another, another pretty impressive thing to put on my resume. But, sure. uh, yeah. Is it? But no, that was the thing uh, you do in Borden County, Texas is <clears throat> that's impressive. Anybody's resume. Yeah. all right so all right so dylan again thank you so much for being here absolutely when we interview people we have a what do we call hot seat or rapid fire yeah we don't really have a name so okay somebody wants to give us a name for this i'd we could send it in okay so these are you have a choice and I, I worked on this. This is a Dylan Gamble hot seat rapid fire. Okay. Like we will never ask these questions to another guest. Um, or this so it's set. one or the other. And you try to you tell what's your favorite, what you prefer. So um, I'll give you an easy one in the beginning. Um, sausage or bacon? Bacon all day. Okay. Singer, songwriter? Songwriter. Charlie Robinson, Charlie Worsham. Charlie Robeson. Robeson, sorry. Damn Quills, Flatlink. Ooh, that's tough. Damn Quills, for sure. I try to get some that kind of sound similar. Randy Rogers, William Clark Green. Randy Rogers, all day. I, I knew, I'd see, based on the podcast, I knew you'd answer that. <laughs> Turnpike Troubadours, Reckless Kelly. Turnpike Troubadours is probably my all-time favorite band, so... Well, it, just so you know, I don't know if you've listened to our podcast yet, but we use the little Turnpike Troubadours intro music. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you I'm not sure we're doing that legally. Um, so if you know the Turnpike Troubadours, do not turn us in. We don't. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to knock on my front door and saying that we're high. You know. But anyway, I don't have to pay them for the nine seconds of their music I use. Exactly. Um, yeah. Okay, jug fishing, pole fishing. Oh man, jug fishing for me is 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 all about the experience as a whole. I mean, it's it's the entire thing. It's a camping trip. It's the hanging out, playing guitar, eating good food. I would have to say jug fishing. I mean, for sure. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay, hunting, fishing. I would say hunting. Bird hunting is is one of my favorite things to do. Which I, what bird? What bird? Dove. Dove is, is is a big thing. My roommate's really into duck hunting, which I mean a lot of my friends are too. That's an expensive hunt to get into. That can be a cold one too. Oh, that's one thing I don't like. I mean, I, I I'm not I'm not afraid of a couple of cold hunts, but if I gotta go out, that's apparently the best hunting is when it's cold and you're just walking through yeah, all kinds of water. Yeah, I'm definitely dove hunting though. Okay. All right. So this is going to be kind of an inside joke or inside one. Most people on the podcast might not know this, but this is going to be your last rapid fire. It might be your toughest one. Brit Kirk. <laughs> neither. Neither. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not answering for Dylan. Yeah. You make me pick one of them. <laughs> you don't have to. You like, can say both. Like who would win in a fighter? <laughs> That's a good question. Who do you prefer? <laughs> oh man eggs and sausage i mean excuse me bacon and sausage brit kirk brit or kirk i i, I won't pick i can't do it yeah I, it, it depends on my level okay so Vinny's good 
in the mornings because he's he's not a huge talker and he's not really pushing the agenda too much. Uh, I yeah, I I, I couldn't. I, that's a tough one. If you're ever any kind of scrap, you definitely want Kirk. That's, that's another thing is I would definitely want Kirk there if I was ever in any kind of trouble. Yeah. So uh, I'll I'll say this though. I, I'm I'm gonna I, I would there are certain aspects of Brit that I would take at any moment because he's that um he's number one under the radar and you just don't know how crazy he might could be. Does that make sense? Like because <laughs> you, you never see it, so you just think that there might be <laughs> some crazy that we've never what do they seen. say calm strong rivers run calm or there's some saying about yeah because i mean like oh calm rivers run deep i think that's what that is benny's definitely a character my brother had a good story when he i guess he went out to marble falls and well he was living around there for a while and he went to to meet up at Vinny's. his you know Vinny went to a certain bar over there all the time and uh he walked in and saw Vinny and started talking to him and, and they were having a good conversation and everybody in that bar was like you got that guy to talk. <laughs> he comes comes in and doesn't say a word to anybody. <laughs> oh, all right. So for you relatives that don't know, Kirk and Britt are good friends with, were good friends with Dylan's dad, Monty, uh, and me and others, and and so th- they're like a that little threesome was um yeah that was a uh uh a unique trio to say the least those three together. So well, Dylan, again, thank you so much. I sure appreciate it. Um, like we said, your, your fame will probably skyrocket after being on this podcast. So get ready. Look yeah. forward to it. It's going to be crazy that, that uh, Texas country will be going to Japan now because of you. Yeah. I mean, because of this. Uh, Laos. In, yeah. And Laos too, in part of Germany. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, anyway. like David Hassel. If you're an international star, <laughs> international now. star now. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, we won't ask for any royalties at all, Dylan. That I promise you. We, we, <laughs> I'll we'll hold, hold you to it. We'll yeah, okay. We'll hold off on those for a while. So, but anyway, yeah. So glad to have you on. Like, say, um, just been impressed with, um, uh, you know, your music and the things that. Uh, um, Thank you. Never Thank share you. with us. Thanks for doing that. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Dylan. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Thank you all for having me. Yep. Bet. Relatives, we'll see you next time. I want the truth. Okay. Well, man, that was fun. I really enjoyed talking to Dylan. What'd you get out of that? Yeah, I, I totally enjoyed it. I, I always enjoyed kind of talent, especially when you see talent that is um, kind of comes together with, you know, someone that can write and someone that can, um, play and like i say i'm sure there are better guitar players and there's probably better singers but it it's kind of cool when you you kind of put those at one (laughs) yeah so and then um he just got a neat story too i think um so being that he's you know kind of a friend of a friend or a son of a friend and yeah so um anyway just it i I just um enjoy i hope definitely i hope that our um um pseudo agentness will take effect and we can <laughs> help him out with some um, venue There's placement so many places around here in Houston that I just know. Um, I mean, I've heard people singing and he's as good, if not better than, you know, um, people I've heard. So I just think he's got to get his name out there. Yeah. yeah. He can do some gigs cause man, he can play a ton of Texas country songs and, like when I went and saw him in Bastrop at the back nine bar and it was full of people and then people were dancing and I mean, it was fun. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he has a good time and it's just good music, I think. So, um, I enjoyed it and I, I'm, I'm gonna, there's a couple of places close to our house here that have live music from time to time. So I'm going to go figure out how to introduce people there. So yeah, well, um, one of the uh, the Coyote store here in Gale, Texas is, you know, I think we talked about it on the podcast with Dylan. They're having a, a um, oh, a, a artist come in this weekend. So we may go scope it out this weekend. Oh, yeah. See yeah. if you can find a yeah. deal. Yeah, for sure. So All right. Anyway. Well, 
Um, let's wrap this one up. Okay. Um, any, anything you want to say before we say good night to the relatives? No, I'd say we've got some people in the works as far as uh, future um, podcast episodes. So stay tuned. I think they'll be um, exciting. Um, maybe not um, as exciting as Trey. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, we're definitely compelling we're, figures for sure. We're hoping that they'll be more compelling than us as a yeah. duo. But uh, but anyway, so um, tune in, stay tuned in. Thanks for listening. All the things, like us, share us, please do all we those gotta, things. We got to expand out of Laos and Japan and Germany. That's right. That's right. And Snyder, tell and your Houston neighboring country, <laughs> Poland. <laughs> open borders um hey and by the way too guys just so you know like this interview with dylan if you guys heard our interview with ted scott we're just interviewing we like to talk to people that we have some interest in and um you know unique situations but mike and i are just having fun doing this so um hope you come along for the ride because uh we're going to keep talking to some cool people hopefully so for sure yeah, I want you to be with us. All right, relatives. Well, listen, uh, we'll be back in, I don't know, a week or so. As soon as somebody tells us, yes, they want to come on. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll do this again. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, good night. So this is Trey McWilliams. And I'm Mike McWilliams. We're the Relative Truth Podcast. See you guys on down the road. Oh, <laughs>